Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, here to start the year with some more chilling tales of terror. Welcome to our first episode of 2022. It's the first week of January. And I'm sorry I didn't get to do a New Year or a uh, pre-New Year episode to end 2021, even though I did do a Christmas episode. But we had a live show that I decided to join. So be sure to tune in to Abnormal Alabama on YouTube and you can see that or just go to my channel, My Haunted Dolls on YouTube, and you can watch it and enjoy. As always, I invite you to the website, myhaunteddolls.com. Go there and browse the shop, and you can find all the books I've written and a few other products as well. There are novels of the supernatural, and there are nonfiction books about the ghostly neighborhood I grew up in and the items I've collected over the years that are alleged to be haunted. So be sure to check those out as well. And also check out my YouTube channel, My Haunted Dolls. You can follow the link on the website or just go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash My Haunted Dolls. That's C as in cat forward slash My Haunted Dolls. Would you like to be a patron and Donate to help us create more shows. You can become a patron or do a one-time donation at patreon.com forward slash myhaunteddolls. And I thank you for your support. And now let's get on to this tale. I've got a couple of uh, stories involving women. The dark side. This first story is called... The Wheelchair. In nineteen eighty four, there was an old lady who lived alone in a two story mansion. The woman was paralyzed from the waist down and she was in a wheelchair. She was completely immobile and unable to care for herself. Ever since the death of her husband, she had a nurse who would visit her every day to help with various tasks. What made it even more difficult was the fact that the two floors of the house were only connected by an old staircase inside. When the old lady needed to move between the two, the nurse would have to pick her up and carry her frail body like an infant up and down the stairs. One day, the police received a frantic phone call from the old widow. There had been a murder. Since police units were scarce at the time and the killer had already fled the scene, Only one detective was sent out to conduct the initial crime scene report. 
When the detective arrived, he found the nurse lying on the floor in a pool of blood. Her arms and legs were splayed out at odd angles, and her throat had been ripped out. The old lady sat in her wheelchair at the top of the staircase, watching him, still and silently, seemingly in shock. He could immediately rule her out as a suspect, due to her inability to move up and down the stairs, and because she was trapped up there the time the murder took place. It was similar to the death of her husband many years ago, who had suffocated in his sleep on the couch downstairs. The detective put on his gloves, took photos, swabbed for evidence, and covered the body until the coroner arrived later. All routine business. He searched every room downstairs looking for clues, then asked the old lady if he could look upstairs. She insisted that she was upstairs the whole time, and no one apart from her had been up there that day. But regardless of this, the detective ascended the staircase, to which she hesitantly moved aside. Beyond the staircase, there was a narrow corridor with three closed doors along it. He checked behind each of the doors, the empty bedroom, nothing, the bathroom, nothing. He became anxious as he slowly made his way to the final bedroom where the old lady slept. He opened it, and everything looked normal. A bed, a wardrobe, and a bedside table with a lamp. He checked every wall of the room in horror, as it was not what he discovered, but it was what he did not discover that made him stop dead in his tracks and slowly reach for his gun in its holster. It was a detail so minor that they had completely overlooked it on the last investigation of the husband's death. There was no phone upstairs. The detective pulled out his gun and rushed down the corridor. When he came to the top of the stairs, all he found was an empty wheelchair. And that's just to whet your appetite for the next story to come. You've heard the stories about stalkers and women being harassed. 
You may have seen episodes on the ID channel on television of true crime stories where women have been stalked, but sometimes men are stalked as well. With this next story, we're going to see a stalking that takes a rather drastic turn. This story is called Not My Type. No girl had ever refused to date Charles Spiffington. He was born into a very wealthy family. From an early age, his parents had spoiled him, and he was used to getting everything he wanted. When he grew up, his father pulled some strings and arranged a high-paying job for his son. This allowed Charles to buy himself anything his heart had ever desired. He drove the most expensive cars, ate at the finest restaurants, wore designer clothes, and lived in an exclusive mansion. Having so much money made Charles believe that he could charm his way into any woman's heart. No girl had ever refused to date Charles Spiffington. But that all changed on the day he met a girl named Jillian Hackworth. Charles had accidentally bumped into Jillian at a cafe one afternoon. After he politely introduced himself, they both sat down at a table together and Charles ordered some coffee and pumpkin bread for them. The two spent hours talking about their favorite music, favorite books, and even movies. Time flew by, and soon it was almost closing time. Jillian thanked him for the food, the drinks, and the pleasant conversation. As she was about to leave, Charles grabbed her gently by the hand. Jillian, he said, I had the most wonderful time with you this evening, and I'd like to get together with you again. How about tomorrow night? Dinner and a movie. It will be my treat. There was a small pause. Then Charles watched as Jillian's sweet smile slowly turned into a nasty scowl. I'm sorry, Charles, she said angrily. It's just that, well, you're not my type. With that, she jerked her hand out of his grip and stormed out of the cafe. Charles just sat there, dumbstruck. He could not understand what he had done wrong. They had been getting along so well. Everything had seemed to be going perfectly. What, what could have happened to make her so angry? Being a stubborn man, Charles was not about to let Jillian slip through his fingers 
Oh no, not that easily. During their conversation, she had told him that she was a creature of habit. So for the next few weeks, Charles returned to the cafe every day, hoping of bumping into her again. Each time he went, he had a bunch of flowers in his hand. Every day, Jillian would look through the cafe window and see Charles sitting inside, waiting for her. The minute she saw him, she would storm off back to her car and drive away. This continued for a long time. Days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months. Finally, Charles could not take it anymore. After Jillian had driven off for what felt like the hundredth time, Charles took the flowers he had brought for her and threw them on the ground. Then he began stomping on them violently, much to the alarm of the other people in the cafe. Charles never cared if anyone saw his outrageous behavior. It made no difference to him. This was his world. That's it, he yelled. That's the final straw. Jillian Hackworth, I don't care what you say. I'm going to make you my girlfriend if it's the last thing I ever do. The next day, Charles looked up Jillian's address in the phone book and drove straight to her house. It was getting dark outside and dark clouds were beginning to gather. It seemed like a thunderstorm was brewing. Charles stepped out of his car and walked up to Jillian's front door. He pounded on it impatiently for five minutes before the mail slot suddenly opened and he heard Jillian's voice. Charles, what the heck are you doing? she asked. Charles got down on his knees and peered in through the mail slot. Jillian, he said, I don't understand why you won't go out with me. We had such a great time together at the cafe. We obviously have a lot in common. We clearly enjoyed each other's company. I don't understand what went wrong. Why won't you go out with me? I already told you, Charles, she replied curtly. You're just not my type. If I'm not your type, then who is? He shouted angrily. I can buy you expensive clothes. I can give you beautiful jewelry. I can take you to the finest restaurants. What more could a woman wish for? What do I have to buy you to get you to go out with me? There was a long pause. Then Jillian opened the door. Oh, Charles, 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 she said, shaking her head. I told you, you're not my type. But... If you really want to know what my type is, 
Just come inside and I'll show you. Pleased that his determination was beginning to pay off finally, Charles gladly stepped into the hallway and Jillian closed the door behind him. She pointed. You see that door at the end of the hall? She asked. Yes, he replied. Go inside and you will see what type of men I like. Charles did as she instructed. He walked to the end of the hallway and opened the door. There was a staircase that led down to a basement. As he walked down the steps, Charles wondered what Jillian wanted to show him. He figured that she must have pictures of all her ex-boyfriends that she wanted him to see. When he reached the bottom of the stairs, he noticed that there was a strange odor. Phew! It smelled like rotting meat. Putting his hand over his nose and mouth, he reached for the light switch and flipped it on. To his horror, he realized that he was surrounded by the dead bodies of twelve or thirteen young men. Some were nailed to the wall. Some were hanging from the ceiling like slabs of meat in a butcher shop. Others were lying in wooden boxes on the floor. All of the corpses were headless. On a table against the wall, their severed heads were arranged in a row. Their dead eyes were open, staring blankly. Suddenly, Charles felt a tap on his shoulder. He turned around and found Jillian standing there, clutching an axe. Before he had a chance to scream, Jillian swung the axe and it sliced through his neck. His severed head was sent flying across the room and his body crumpled to the ground. Jillian put her axe down to the floor. Then she walked over to Charles's severed head, picked it up by the hair, and smiled. Now you're my type, she said, and kissed him on the lips. And then she placed him to join the others. Now, wasn't that just a titillating tale? (laughs) A tale of terror and madness. 
So if you are a stalker, you might want to watch out who you stalk because you just mind up being stalked yourself. Stalked, chopped, and stacked on a shelf. <laughs> That's an episode you won't see on ID Channel. <laughs> well, boys and girls, I hope you have a happy new year, and I'll be sharing more tales as we go along. So tune in in a couple of weeks when I come back with more chilling tales, ghostly terrors, and bloody macabre. Until then, don't forget to stop by MyHauntedDolls.com and shop, shop, shop. But just be sure you don't get chop, chop, chopped. <laughs> I'm Kevin Kane, and this has been My Haunted Collection, or actually The Haunted Collection, whichever you like. Have a happy haunting. <laughs>